Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Physician Alexandra Stockwell is back to talk about reigniting passion in relationships. When you've been in a dynamic for long, long, long amounts of time, how do you start asking questions that still show appreciation? How do you confirm that your partner knows you appreciate them? How do you leverage your curiosity to learn new things about someone you already feel like you know pretty well? Well, Dr. Stockwell is going to try and help us figure that one out. You can check out her stuff online at alexanderstockwell.com forward slash desires for her courses or forward slash podcast for her podcast. Now, let's hear from Dr. Stockwell herself on Intimate Interactions. Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm joined by Dr. Alexandra Stockwell, a medical doctor, wife of 26 years, mother of four, and now an intimacy and relationship coach focusing on married couples who want to build beautiful, lifelong, passionate relationships. Welcome, Dr. Stockwell. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have you back. And I'm really curious about talking about curiosity today and how that benefits having a passionate and engaging relationship for those in the relationship yes well this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because if you think to the feeling or think to the experience of feeling just deeply in love with someone that experience Mm -hmm. is filled with curiosity we want to know where did you get that scar? What was your second grade teacher's name? What vegetables did you enjoy in childhood? What vegetables do you like now? If you could meet any celebrity and just like have coffee with them, who would it be? Which countries have you lived in? Which countries do you still want to travel to? What are your favorite books? Like I could literally fill the next year of your podcast episodes just with questions that we genuinely have as part of the process of getting to know someone when we are deeply deeply in love Mm -hmm. and then whether it's weeks months years however long it takes for that phase to pass we then transition into feeling comfortable with one another and there's a really beautiful thing that happens when we know our partner's answers to questions and then we stop asking we enjoy the comfort and steadiness in the relationship and often put our attention on other things and that is what paves the way for what i call the passion-free conflict-free relationship Mm. but as human beings we continue to grow and evolve and have new experiences and when we aren't really cultivating curiosity as one of the essential elements in our relationships then we're losing out on the growth that is happening and end up with our partner 
growing in ways that they don't actually bring into the relationship because we haven't been curious about it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that it is important to stay curious in relationships and continue to, I guess, um, question or share or examine or grow with. Is that sort of what you're driving at? Yes, but really it can look a lot of different ways depending on the individuals involved and kind of the phase of the relationship. Sure. So when people do get to that bland sort of partnership you're talking about where it's conflict free and it just feels really comfortable, is there like, I suppose, obviously, if if people are very comfortable and content with that, they don't need to change anything. But for people who are maybe getting a little antsy or bored or feeling that sort of sense of cabin fever, what would you recommend to them to sort of reignite that curiosity in their relationships? The key is to ask open ended questions so many questions that people ask and there's like a a focus on logistics and just handling Mm. things or we ask questions with a sense that there's a right or a wrong answer it's either going to work for us or it's not to just let go of that and ask open-ended questions where there's no right or wrong answer and it's going to take you into terrain that you just wouldn't know unless you ask so those questions can be whimsical like i said earlier if you could if you could have dinner with any celebrity or alive or dead who would it be and what would you ask it can be Mm. um if you were president of a country which country would it be and what policies would you implement you know it can be just kind of whimsical and interesting but not really deep it can be spiritual questions it can be questions about sexual fantasies i happen to find a lot of value in just what was the most challenging part of last week for you? Or what was the most mm-hmm. gratifying part of last week for you? Or what are you, what do you see for us in the next few years? What are your hopes and dreams? Like it's amazing mm-hmm. how many people are in long lasting relationships and don't actually share with one another hopes and dreams for the relationship. So the first thing is to ask open-ended questions and Mm -hmm. only ask something that you're genuinely interested in hearing the answer to, by the way, that's pretty important. And then the other thing is to really listen generously. Even if you don't like what the person said, you can be glad that they're telling you because you're not better off not knowing it. Mm. That's really lovely. Um, I absolutely love what you just said. I'm currently experiencing a lot of that new relationship energy Mm. with um, one of the humans that I'm currently exploring being in more of a deep and intimate relationship with. And we're we're in that stage that (laughs) um, one of I'm extremely good friends with many of my former partners. And one of them I just went to a dog park with this morning with their lovely Weimaraner. A teenager. It's it's a when I say teenager, I mean like a a puppy that is not quite a puppy, but is not quite a, an adult dog. Yes. Um, and this, just watching them work with their dog and having this conversation about new relationship energy and that sort of lovey like, oh, I just want to be around this person. 
um, my former partner Piper was very much like, "Yeah, I I know what you're like in NRE. It's uh, it's obnoxious." <laughs> it was just a really adorable observation from a former partner being like, "Uh huh, yep." <laughs> <laughs> and that was referring to lots of curiosity, or just the yes, the energy, and- yeah. Yes. No, just yes to all of what you're saying. The curiosity, the energy that I bring to it, the excitement that sort of characterizes that early phase in a relationship. And I really am enjoying what you're saying because it's I'm literally writing down some of the questions you have, because in that early frame of reference, you know so little about a person that you often do just kind of happen on to those really interesting questions because you're you're so open to exploring and you have such energy to explore with that you you may not necessarily listen generously depending on how you've been socialized or how excitable you are and I'm very excitable Um, but I think it is a phase in a relationship where people do listen very generously yes and also because early in a relationship there's less riding on the answer like if if you ask someone about a sinister sexual fantasy and that Mm -hmm. person tells you if you're very early in a relationship it's like okay well that's good information but if you've (laughs) been you know if if this is someone that you've been with for 10 years and you expect to be with for the rest of your lives and you don't actually want to participate in that fantasy then listening generously is a whole other endeavor than Mm early in a relationship but i also want to say that that new relationship energy Mm. partly it's the newness but it's also that curiosity and this kind of curiosity Mm. can be cultivated in every stage of a relationship. You don't get that like total new energy feeling, but you get, like, as you said in the introduction, I've been married for 26 years, and I wouldn't say every day, but more than I would have imagined, I'll end up sharing something, or my husband will ask a question, or I'll ask a question, and it's like, wow, like, I've known you very well since 1993, and I didn't know that. Mm. And some of what we ask one another, of course, we couldn't have known it. If it's like, what was the most gratifying part of last week? That's not something we could have known in 1993. But there are other things, like, I can't actually remember exactly what it was, but there was something that my husband asked me, and I ended up sharing something about an experience in childhood and how that still influences me. And he's like, I didn't, like, I had no idea. And does that give, like, new relationship energy? No, but it it's sort of like salt in a long-lasting mm. relationship. It It does bring a little bit of the new relationship energy because everything is just more interesting because we love stability but we Mm. also love surprise and the unexpected and 
all the things that someone who has a lot of new relationships gets regular access to, but the thing that I'm focused on in my life and my work is how to have that in the context of one relationship which lasts for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's important to have specialists in that. I, I definitely have no... Um... I have no qualms with monogamy. It's just not something that I personally desire. And I actually have a very good sense of, of reasons for that. Um, specifically, the needs you're talking about, actually, the balance between the desires or even human needs for novelty and exploration and adventure versus the needs for security and stability and that sense of calm. Yes. I find... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that what I just said... I definitely did not mean to imply monogamy or not. Just that mm. being with one person a long time, whether it's only one person or not, is actually Understood. not essential. That that being mm -hmm. with one person and keeping that relationship alive, that's where what I said comes into play. Of course, if someone's going to have other relationships and then aim to bring some of that energy back in that is another way to do it but it doesn't bring enough for that one long-standing relationship to be juicy in its own right mm -hmm. right and understood because um, I think I definitely sort of mis misunderstood um, well, thank you for the clarification yeah and and it's it's understandable, and I don't know that I would have emphasized that on another podcast, but in this one, sure, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think what's so fascinating for me about looking at individual relationships is not just how special the dynamic is and how unique the dynamic is, even in like a non-monogamous context, the relationship you have with one person doesn't have to be special because of hierarchy that's in place. It can be special just because the, the, the interactions you have, the dynamic you have, the ways that your relationship can be juicy is really unique. And if it's not unique, I would question whether you've really got to that intimate place where you are feeling deep connection. Yes. I'm glad you said that because I think that in a non-monogamous context, this actually is particularly important in a specific way that I'm about to outline. So let's say a couple has been together for 10 years, 15 years, and um, they are primary partners. I'm not talking about a non-hierarchical context, but they are sure. primary partners. They share a home together, may or may not have kids. Their finances are more interrelated. And sure. when one or the other one of them talks about going home, they're talking about home with a bedroom that they share with one another, even though they each have any number of other partners. Mm -hmm. In that situation, it is particularly um, a very, like the things that we've been talking about and cultivating curiosity becomes particularly important because it's very easy to get into the habit of having excitement and new energy and all of the fun and intrigue of exploration be with the other partners and treat the primary partner as 
the steady, right. calm, reliable, stable st- anchor. Yeah, like it's great for attachment and security, but you're getting all the juiciness in other places. That, um, like that, is a familiar. I mean, I'm I'm sure you it's, know it's people. A well, it's a choice, but it's also a scenario that is common and not necessarily what the participants want. It's just what they mm. naturally fall into, and so mm-hmm. for two people in that context curiosity goes a very long way to bringing some of the juiciness Juiciness into that primary relationship and not just going to the other glorious places for the juice Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that that's really well said excellent well i feel like we've covered a lot on curiosity today i'm looking forward to doing the next one with you and let's close this one off here Sounds good. Thanks so much, Dr. Stockwell. Thank you. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie, Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well.